Everybody and welcome to the Cana Rinse Podcast, Volume 4, Issue 167. You can play along with Cana Rinse Volume 4 and our upcoming podcasts include Wolfenstein, that's the 2009 game. Then it is Sleeping Dogs. After that, Dragon's Dogma. Following that, we return to Silent Hill for a homecoming. And after that, much anticipated Speedball and Speedball 2 Brutal Deluxe Podcast. Head to canorince.com for the full schedule, the blog, links to our merchandise stall, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. We also have a sister podcast these days, dedicated and devoted to our love of video games music. It's called Sound of Play. You can seek it out separately on iTunes or on the blog, of course. There are ten of those out now, would you believe? Please review, rate, and most importantly of all, subscribe to both this and that uh, both of our podcasts on iTunes. Thank you. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, it's Carl Moon. Hey, guys. Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. And introducing a new challenger, Nick Parton. Yeah, hello. Welcome. So uh, Nick stepped in uh, very late in the day here. Uh, we were due to have Josh on again for Silent Hill, but um, things things happened and uh nick uh put himself forward as one of the only people we know personally who has completed silent hill origins um we <laughs> have had a distinct lack of correspondence for this podcast as i kind of expected um for a 2007 8 psp game um that wasn't by team silent so but i think actually I think this podcast will make for an interesting one for those who didn't play the game. Now, obviously, this is a spoiler warning. We will be spoiling the game. Um, there will be a discussion of whether it's even canonical or not, whether we feel or believe it is uh, later in the podcast. But uh, we will spoil the content of Silent Hill Origins or Silent Hill Zero, as it's known in Japan, as is their tradition for prequels and uh, retcon origins stories. Uh, so, Nick, let's start with you, our new guest. When mm-hmm. did you first play this? Uh, you, you tell us you're a big Silent Hill fan, so were you uh, champing at the bit, knocking the doors of game stores down on the morning of release, or did you come to it later? No, I, I came to it actually at the... Because it was also released as a port on the PlayStation 2 in mm-hmm. 2008, and I have to admit, I did wait um, until that happened. Okay. Um, I... I, I couldn't afford to buy a PSP at the time so not not quite a launch day uh not quite a launch day thing but I was I was looking forward to it I, w- I was interested to see what a non-team silent uh yeah dev house would make of it uh did you you played it through the once or did you get more than one ending or have you been back to it at all um yeah I got both the the the, the good and the bad ending I played it through once uh, at the time of release and then when um Silent Hill downpour Oh, uh, right. came out i was so annoyed um with it that i <laughs> that i decided to replay origins to see you know what which ah. which which one you know disappointed me more mm. and 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 to be fair to be fair it was downpour <laughs> by quite well, a long chalk we still have that uh, that delight to look forward to of course oh yes sean what's your story with origins about the ps2 version like a few years ago actually and uh, when i still had a ps2 
And I played about um, 20 minutes of it before thinking, ah, I'm not going to finish this, so <laughs> I'm going to put this one down. And then mm. I um, I uh, just recently finished it on PS uh, Vita, actually. So I only played it once, and uh, yeah, I just bought it a week ago. So Okay. Uh, and yes, it um, it doesn't have any difficulty settings to, uh, to talk Mm-mm. about, because the previous games we've talked about... Um, you know, uh, they even went so far in in uh, in three to have separate difficulties for uh, combat and puzzles. But in this mm-hmm. one, yeah. there's not even there's not even that. It's just I mean, there's not even easy, normal, or hard. It's just you play the game, you get the ending you get. Uh, Carl, what about you? This is one that when we announced that we were doing Silent Hill, I was quite anticipating because I started every Silent Hill game but this. So this mm. this was the one where I knew I'd right. be playing this specifically for the show. Um, I so I played the PS2 version via my PS3 on a PC monitor. It was a strange setup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it it's just done uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because uh, my my TV has a uh, really shonky uh, component port, so I had to use mm. the component port on a monitor, which is never ideal. Which means that I couldn't really adjust the brightness. And this game is dark. Like mm. it's yeah. dark mm-hmm. at the best of times, yeah. and there were times where you I literally couldn't see anything. So that I, you, th- these were some of the obstacles that that I had coming into it so late, uh, because you know that's the way things were. If I'd gone at the time, I could have quite easily used my PS2, but I gave it away. Yeah, sure. But you got there. You got you got through it. Yeah. Um, you got uh, ending A or B, <laughs> good uh, or bad. Yeah, I think you can only get good on your first playthrough. I think bad, no, bad's I think only eligible can. on the second. I thought you had no, to have you one can... full playthrough. No, you can get bad, but you can't get uh, comedy, I believe. But um, we'll talk about the conditions later. Uh, for me, um, I'd never played this. Um, now, uh, regular listeners will know that I ended up missing the Silent Hill 4 podcast, which I'm kind of sad about because it's it's possibly the one and only um, excuse I'll, I'll ever have or would have taken to play Silent Hill 4. Uh, the Room, Carl kindly sent me his um, Silent Hill collection uh, box on PS2, and that's what I used to play through Silent Hill Hill 3 successfully but when it came to playing Silent Hill 4 I found out that with uh, about a week to go to recording the disc wouldn't load beyond uh, the very first section so yeah. uh, so I had to duck out of that one in the end which was a shame and I think um, it's always worth one of the reasons we give context for uh, talking about our histories with the game is because in the case of these series that we do I think it can um, it, it can be a slightly unnatural way of playing these games. Like nobody, n- none of the developers of any of the of the Silent Hill games designed them to be played a month apart, years mm. after they were first released. Yeah. So that that always has to be taken into consideration. Um, but at the time, I think I couldn't, I didn't quite believe how long ago this came out. It was, it's like eight, seven, seven, eight years old now. Um, but I think because back at the time I'd never got round to finishing Silent Hill two and three, which I now have. Um, I thought, well, uh, yeah. Uh, really it would be weird just going back to going back to origins also i was highly skeptical of a western developer taking over a j horror franchise mm-hmm. um and we'll talk about whether that's been successful or not in in this case anyway so in fact my first play of this has come in the last couple of weeks our own james carter kindly sent me his psp go in the post and even better from my point of view silent hill origins was already on his memory card so i didn't even have to pay for the for the for the, for the privilege so um <laughs> yes i finished it with the good ending uh yesterday i think it was yeah sunday evening uh at the time of recording so the, the development of this game is an odd one um i've only just uh really sort of looked into this um but as i understand it uh konami 
um, obviously wanted to continue a lucrative franchise, um, but Team Silent were no longer uh, going on. Obviously, Silent Hill for the room, as we discussed, uh, contrary to popular myth, was 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 a Silent Hill game, um, and and intended to be so, but. It was a change of direction in a lot of ways. Then Team Silent split. Um, Konami, uh, I don't know whether they, um, you know, who approached who, but uh, Konami were working with the US branch of Climax Studios. Um, And they started work on a game that was perhaps more reminiscent of Resident Evil 4 in some ways, Mm. in that it was a kind of over-the-shoulder. Does anyone remember seeing this at the time, uh, when they were showing it at E3 and stuff like this in 2006? Yeah, I remember seeing. I remember seeing the gameplay trailers, and um, there were these. There were these um, strange kind of bright purple sort of monsters that when when mm. uh, when when the protagonist shot them, it sounded like the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> it was really strange, and um, yeah, I was thinking, I I really hope they do something more with this. Um, it seemed like a very odd combination. I yeah, mean, so it would have been another kind of departure again from Silent Hill for the room, I mm. guess. Well, I mean, in, in, the Wilhelm scream sort of makes more sense than a burping enemy in Silent Hill yeah. 4, so they're getting <laughs> somewhat Arguably, more. Yeah. So what's reasonable? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember seeing this at, at E3, and obviously I, along with many other fans of Silent Hill, I'm sure thought, that's not Silent Hill. Mm. So uh, it mm. was weird. I always remember these big, chunky graphics, and like you said, it was... Certainly more in line with what we've come to see from like Resident Evil and the direction that's taken, and it immediately sort of turned me off, mm. and that's I sort of fell out of paying attention to Origins, and the game did sneak out without me sort of realising, and I wasn't even aware that it had had that change of direction until yeah. a long time later, and by that time, we're at this point now where we've all got this incredible backlog, and it's I'll get to it at some point, and, and obviously mm. that's one of the great things about being on this show, is it does actually give you a reason to go back to these games, because without it, I'm not sure I'd have ever gone back to it, but I'm, I'm sort of glad that I have, but it, it's kind of weird, because it's not often a game will escape my attention, uh, with its release and an entire change in direction from what I originally thought it was. Yeah. yeah. It really did just drop out of public view all of a sudden, mm. didn't it? Um, it's it's crazy. Which, which yeah. is weird because you'd have thought that that wouldn't have been the case with it being a Western developer, that that would no. have kept it in the attention because it was a change. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so the interesting, uh, well, yeah, it's sort of interesting in that uh, obviously Silent Hill 4, the room, as we keep saying, was something of a departure with its first person sections and very changed mechanics from the, uh, from the, from the previous three Silent Hills and different, uh, different location and, and so on. Um, and it looked like that maybe this origin story was going to be a, a different step away again. But apparently what happened was, um, the, the development was, uh, continuing in, uh, at Climax LA. Um, but at some point, uh, I don't, it, I haven't found out at this point who was unhappy with it. But I, I imagine it was Konami. I don't know. Um, they, they, they had it transferred to the uh, British Climax Studios. Um, now there were several British Climax Studios in Portsmouth, I think, in Nottingham, possibly mm. Brighton. Um, but I don't know which one this ended up at. But anyway, it ended up back in Britain, and uh, Sam Barlow took over as sort of writer um, director. Um, he ended up uh, working on Shattered Memories, which we're going to cover later. Um, it 
pretty much they had to restart from scratch. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the game ended up uh, all new creatures, uh, all new scripts. Um, and interestingly, it went from being quite a departure to really extraordinarily faithful to the earlier Silent Hills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very strange um on the subject of of uh, which uh, arm of climax did it, i i'm pretty sure that it, it was climax portsmouth or climax um okay. S- solon because I, mm. I happened to i used to work with several people who knew people at climax and um, ideal in a yeah in a, a little while after shattered memories were released I, I got talking to one of the the main developers and he was yeah he was definitely from the the, yeah, the portsmouth arm Mm, excellent but, good uh, knowledge mm. uh, so the scenario uh, was presumably always meant to be an origin story um having obviously with the room they'd kind of gone away from the the uh the silent hill uh well the setting and the the alessa uh, the the alessa story which they'd re- already revisited in silent hill 3 and we talked about that um in that silent hill 3 podcast even even those who were fans of that game as as a silent hill game were perhaps didn't feel that perhaps the the strongest thing to do was to go back to that well as i think josh put it um and but i think uh having looked into the way fans feel about it out there i think there's a lot of people out there who are obsessed with this law with yep, the whole totally. flowers and the oh, and the sure. Alessa and all that sort of thing um so in a way going back to make an origin story of this with you know with the lesser with the flowers this game is set in 1976 seven years before the events of silent hill one in a way it's a safe bet but in another way it's a massive gamble because they're risking and i think in the eyes of many they 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 got it a bit wrong um they're risking retconning and therefore Mm -hmm. you know undermining the things that team silent have written How, how do you feel each of you as uh, fans, without you know considering the whole story, but at this point, but how how did you feel about um, actual actually going back to the whole Alessa uh, deal? I was open to it. You know, I, I think we all kind of agreed on the Silent Hill one episode that it was just too crazy, and uh, so I was open to the idea of uh, someone else coming in and trying to start the story basically over again. Um, but I, whether or not they succeeded. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a discussion about how yeah. we think it fits in later. I was just wondering about, yeah, the initial thought of mm-hmm. uh, was like Nick. You, you, you know, you say you're a huge Silent Hill fan. Was this yeah. was the concept of this exciting, or were you worried that it, it could they could mess it right up? Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm actually, I suppose, something of a slight outcast among the Silent Hill community in that. And it sounds a bit like sacrilege. Is that the the cult of Alessa and a lot of the um, mm-hmm. incredibly convoluted law surrounding that is really one of my you know, uh, you know least fascinating parts to mm-hmm. me of the Silent yeah. Hill law. I mean, I started with Silent, okay. Hill, Silent Hill two, yeah, and that was you know that was my introduction um, to the world, and it was all it was all purely psychodrama mm-hmm. um, rather than this sort of quasi religious. Um, sort of uh, narrative which is why when i went back to silent hill one i I found it sort of quite difficult to find my way through the the kind of maze of um different uh, sort of narrative strands that they put together um and as such i mean i was 
when I heard it, it was to, you know it was a bit of a prequel um, regarding mm. yeah the the, uh, the the story surrounding Alessa. Yeah, I, I, would, I was open to it. I was probably actually more interested in what they were going to going to do with Travis Grady. Mm. Yeah, um, to be honest. So yeah, I was okay with it. I mean, the thing t- after ten years, we were going back to an origin story. But the way that I've approached it, it's eighteen years after the first game, or a few months after I originally played the first and it was actually when sure. I was playing the first game again that I was thinking well I'm quite intrigued now to get to Origins to see how because we did discuss on the show we said it was a bit of a mess and I was hoping that Origins would go somewhere to wrapping that up and it, I, th- I think it's quite a fascinating storyline in how they could use it but it's never come together um, and obviously we'll discuss whether or not it comes together in, in Origins um, but I think that there was certainly room to work in with that law. And Hmm. I don't believe, like like many, um, if you you read any of the Silent Hill forums and stuff, people believe that that really is the prime canon storyline of of Silent Hill and that the likes of of 2 and and 4 sort of don't really fit in it because they're not really hell-bent on this uh, a lesser storyline, which which is weird because, you know, 2 is probably the best one uh it, it's sort of this weird thing that that it can go either way you know they've, they've got this law that they could go back and revisit they could do it again um or they, they can leave it and go an entirely different way because the, the the main body of sound hill will always be what they can do with the town more than the storyline but going back into it i think after 18 years and, and revisiting the first i was more interested in seeing an origin storyline around a lesser than i would have been 10 years ago hmm. yeah well i mean one thing struck me um was that it's although it's called origins and and or, or zero in japan it's 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 only a sort of it's it's origins of the of silent hill one in that if you get the good ending it yeah. relates very much to that but yeah. actually it's yeah. not the origins of the town it's not the origins mm-hmm. of the lesser it's yeah. not the origins of the cult you'd have to go about hundreds of years for all that stuff um and in a way that might have been more interesting this is actually just this is uh yeah just a seven-year prequel um that kind of wraps things up um yeah so um you mentioned travis there he is our protagonist in this one um Again, this uh, this is a, a Western developed game, um, but obviously the the previous games were all set in America. But this one, perhaps, uh, because it, it at least started development in America, ended up coming over here. Um, things like, uh, although I, I wouldn't say it's it's outstanding or stellar, I think things like the the performances from the off in the voices, even in the intro, were just that little bit less stilted and wooden. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That was that was something that struck me, yeah, from the first I mean, it, it, a lot of fans try and explain away the stilted dialogue sure in the do. previous <laughs> games by going, Oh well, you know, it's because of the Twin Peaks sort of vibe and I thought, no. <laughs> it's 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 because it's it's got a load of actors recording all their parts separately um in studios probably months apart in um, their second language or yeah, yeah in their second in language a badly or, translated script yeah yeah, yeah yeah badly translated script definitely uh, it's interesting that you should say that because um you was you were saying to us uh, before we started that you've been listening to our podcast um and mm. it's uh, it's certainly not been uh, any sort of tide swell but we we've ha- have had some feedback from hardcore silent uh, silent hill fans saying that yeah you know we've misunderstood the the delivery of the of the dialogue and stuff like that but as, yeah. as we said you know all we can do is is judge it in uh, the the way that we subjectively view it and and that 
we 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 are mostly of a one on that in that we found it off-putting rather than <laughs> rather than adding to the atmosphere um and i yeah. think you know there are still some pretty there are some pretty mediocre performances by yes, modern definitely. standards in this game as well but overall there's ju- it just feels a little bit livelier and it also feels like a script that was written in english and is being delivered in english Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always felt that the um, it's it's basically the atmosphere, the uh, visual and uh, audio design that basically saves the series from yeah. all the the surrounding flaws, like the, yeah, the <laughs> clunky combat, the you know the the poor voice acting and the poor script, and yeah, I, I've always recognised that with Silent Hill. It's um, it's uh, it's a game series that's that's easy to be deeply ambivalent about sometimes. But, uh, you know, in in the end, it's just got way too much I like in it. Mm. Uh, so how did we feel about um, taking control of this uh, this trucker character? I mean, he, he, he's always seemed a little bit... Um, he's slightly too... He wasn't... I don't know how to put this without sounding offensive towards American truck drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be after you, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> especially this one. Um, we'll come to the theories later. Uh, but... <laughs> He just seems slightly too, um, I don't know, refined or something. But maybe that's my terrible uh, prejudice based on years of seeing truckers in American movies uh, being portrayed <laughs> in a certain way. Like, you know, the ones in the ones in uh, in the truck stops in things like Duel and Superman 2 and things like that. Mm. So um, mm. this well, uh, Travis is a bit more buttoned up. It, it's nice. the strange thing about Travis is that we don't actually know much more other than he's a trucker, and it sort of follows down with, with issues something that we we yeah with with visions and issues. But it's something that we discussed on uh, Silent Hill Four with with Henry in that mm. we know that he writes, but we don't know much more before that. But the difference is that Travis has a sense of personality and how he delivers his lines and the and the actions that happens yeah. throughout the game, which we never ever got with Henry. So in it's that first regard, to the series in that respect. Well, yeah, yeah and and it's. Um, it's weird because we've had characters like like Harry um, that that have been more interesting than, than the ones that we've had in, in like so far and, and arguably Travis as well. But Travis, there is there is something about that I actually quite enjoyed playing with him. I don't know whether it was because I like to imagine he was in Roadhouse and it starts off with sort of wonderfully eighties mm. music, which is weird given that it's set in seventy six. But um, you know, yeah. as he as he walks into town, you've got that beat going. It's like here we go. I'm here to kick some ass. I'm, I'm you know straight out of Roadhouse, and then that side dies down quick, and that sort of for me hurt the game because I got excited for a bit. And uh, but. I think a lot of Travis is that I wouldn't say he's a great character. I wouldn't be rushed to play him again at any point in another Silent Hill game. But coming straight off the back of Silent Hill 4, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Much <Big> better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he certainly has a little more personality than the truckers I've met over here. Um, but it's, <laughs> Oh, my uh, word. <laughs> You're treading on dangerous ground. Yeah, you live considerably <laughs> closer <laughs> to them, Sean. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I... I I don't know. I think ultimately, when all said and done, I thought he was still a pretty uh, forgettable protagonist, uh, much like the rest of the game, honestly, for me. But uh, uh, he definitely does uh, deliver his lines with a little more enthusiasm than uh, Henry, for sure. Um, but hmm. I, yeah, ultimately, I just kind of glazed over with him. And most of the other characters mm. uh, that feature in the game, most, if not all, are returning characters uh, mm-hmm. from previous Silent Hills, as this tells the uh, the story prior to Silent Hill, the first. Uh, so we have Dr. Kaufman, Alessa, uh, Lisa, the nurse, Dahlia. Uh, 
And other than that, I suppose the only characters who mainly feature regularly are uh, Travis's parents in flashback and hallucination type scenes. So those graphics then, um, this is a game uh, written on or for originally for PSP and then ported to PS2. There were a few games that had that... um, uh, went that way round um, back then, um, and a few the other way, I think. But um, the playing it on PSP Go now in in 2015, it looks okay um, yeah. overall. It's it's mm. inoffensive. Um, you, I, I'm sort of aware now. Uh, I remember when I first booted up my my launch day PSP in 2005, and that screen was just gobsmacking. Yeah. Um, but of course, now ten years on, um, the Vita screen has you know knocked it into a cocked hat. It's bigger and it's brighter and it's uh, it's much sharper, and so it really does feel as much like uh, as anything as going back to a last gen console or a previous mm. uh, pre HD gen console should we say has that very same look you know you can see that everything has fewer polygons in it and you know the 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 faces are probably closer back to that uh being stretched a stretched mask texture over a over a simple polygon face and all that sort of thing but um at no point was i um was I lost or confused in the graphics? It wasn't like you know some early Polygon PS1 games or anything where you can you know you, the geometry is just like a mess. <laughs> yeah. um, Atmosphere-wise, you know, I, again, it, it felt it look it had the, a similar look to the first Silent Hill game, and I suppose to Silent Hill 2, But I didn't feel it ever had m- any of the artistry. Really, it feels like mm-hmm. a, a kind of a slightly soulless um rendition of team silence work is that yeah totally that like visually is, yeah there's just nothing memorable about the visuals in in origins but you'll always remember eileen's face uh you always remember pyramid head um the bunny from silent hill 3 there's just something at least one thing that you'll remember visually that stands out and uh yeah and this one as you said it all it looks like just perfectly adequate um, but nothing stands out in my mind when I remember Silent Hill Origins. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, this this feels like Silent Hill by numbers. You know, it, it's they've got yeah. all yeah. the they've got the history of the game, they've got everything to lean back on, they've got Konami who they could get in contact with, and they've got all that information. But you know, you certain you miss that artistry, that that get together, that knowledge, that know how of how to produce something. And I think the thing is that I've always loved running around the town of Silent Hill. Uh, from one through four, it was wonderful. And then in this, there's just something missing. And, you know, the only times that I'd smile are when you'd see, like, the uh, the uh, Alchemy uh, Hospital or, you know, you'd see the post office of the road and you think, well, this is the same as the first, you know. I, I remember all this, but there's still something missing about the rest of it that it just doesn't feel like an actual haunted sort of strange town, which is where the atmosphere is always coming in, in the early Silent Hill games. That's where these games absolutely thrive. It's and a really, this, I didn't enjoy that that navigation between areas. It's a really hard thing to quantify, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you've got the fog, you've got the Akira Yamaoka yeah. soundscapes, you've mm-hmm. got a character that moves in a similar way, but slightly, you know, slightly more <laughs> yeah. realistically animated. Um, you've got the buildings, you've got the retro cars, and yet somehow it, this is the interminable X factor, you know, yeah. that, that Team Silent <laughs> yeah. brought. And this was exactly the sort of thing that when 
whenever a game is handed from a, a Japanese yeah. studio to a Western studio, I fear will be lost. Sometimes that fear is completely unfounded or the Western studio brings something else to the project and mm-hmm. this is not to say that i prefer japanese developers to western developers it's just that if it's a japanese developed ip i prefer it to stay with some of its original creators at least i mean but actually in the case of something like uh, sonic devil team where they yeah or devil may the, cry is probably a good example given that, coming that, back that when way. we're recording yeah. it the the you know the remasters coming yeah. out this week so it's, it's a prime example of a game that was Absolutely adored, very cult classic for how it, uh, with its Japanese design went over to the West and you know for me thrived on that. This was the sort of the complete opposite. Like you, like you said, there is that X factor, um, and you know it's it's almost impossible to put it on a precise thing. I think a little bit of gloss on everything is missing, and it breaks the illusion of what made the earlier games great. And you know, on, mm. on the surface, at a glance, it's Silent Hill. But the actual feel of playing it, mm. it, it's only Silent Hill in name. Yeah, I think um, I think both Sean and Carl have it really. The problem, the problem is for me, it's it's a patchwork creation. Really, mm. you can see many different aspects of the, the games that have come before it and slapped together. Like outside, it looks like Silent Hill Two, and in mm-hmm. and inside, particularly the other world, it looks like Silent Hill Three. It's the yeah. same sort of sort of blood and rust. Um, yeah. Um, sort of palette that they went for that they consciously switched to for Silent Hill 3 and um, I, yeah I, I feel like it's kind of trying to mash uh, parts of nearly every game except maybe four um, mm-hmm. together it's got it, yeah. you know it's got Travis Grady's sort of uh, um, obviously we'll go into the, the psychology psychology of him later mm-hmm. he's, very, he's very much like James uh, Sunderland mm-hmm. in yep. the problems that he has and then they've taken the, the order and the origins of a lesser from uh, Silent Hill 1 crowbarred that in um, and yeah so yeah to me it's it, it, yeah it's by numbers essentially someone's, yeah. it's, it's like someone's been delivered a style guide yeah. <laughs> um, for the series and said yeah. well pick and choose I suppose to a point I mean there are a number of mitigating circumstances I mean I suppose yeah. you could say kind of anything that has this many sequels at this point when it's based around quite a simple yeah. and self-contained idea is going to start mm. running thin and of course it's you know the reason this game exists is probably if we're honest not artistic intention mm. it's financial yeah. um, it sounds like the game was delivered in a very short space of time ultimately as well mm-hmm. so in terms yeah. of polish and things they perhaps didn't have the time. And we also have that strange Konami issue where we know Konami have a history that they may not be the easiest publisher to work for um, in terms of their support. And, of course, we've seen with the HD collection that (laughs) that maybe their greatest... It's like Silent Hill is a success in spite of them at times. Uh, Their their refusal to sort of support that title is, you know, infamous now. And we've seen it with their Castlevania games where... You know, we we see them get knocked out great games on the on the DS and and in the two D format, and then they hand it over to sort of other designers, Western designers, and what and whatnot for the three D games. That never quite, you know, the solid games. But again, it's not really that that core of Castlevania, and they seem a bit all over the place in how they support it. And this was maybe the the biggest definition of that, the, the real epitome of stuff just being a bit scattergun, a bit all over the. Uh, and like you say, a fast development on top of that really doesn't mm. help anyone. Well, from what I um, from what I read, really, is that Climax LA's approach was um, yeah, obviously something that was internally reviewed and 
you know, Konami mm. said this wasn't going to work. And when it was given to Climax UK, I, considering the short space of time and the budget they probably have, I think they probably deliberately played it safe so yep. that Climax UK sometime down the road might have a shot at something more experimental, mm. which... You know, turned out to be shattered did, memories. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I reckon there was maybe, at least from the uh, uh, the UK arm of climax, it was it, it may have been a tactical decision, really. Yeah, with an, eye, with an eye on the future. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, you know, it, it's um, it's not a problematic game in any sense. Oh. I wouldn't have said like it. No, it, it, it's it, not it, terrible. It, no. it runs very smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels, you know, the pacing. Um, and the mechanics are, you know, then they're, they're not. I wouldn't have said demonstrably inferior to its predecessors. Like, I mean, you know, we're talking about we, we've talked in every Silent Hill podcast, as every Silent Hill review has ever done. We talk about the the slightly unwieldy combat and things like that, and you know, its def- its defenders and its uh, the, those who feel positively about it will say it's by design because of it's the nature of the of, of the protagonists Character. and it's and it's yeah. and it's also the um, the survival horror element in the same way that Resident Evil's defenders, you know, of the tank controls and so on and so forth, um, but. Uh, but actually, you know, in terms of, they, you know, there's a few things that we'll talk about. They, they've added, they, they added a couple of things such as uh, destructible um, sort of one shot items, um, which I don't know why, but I felt kind of, I actually quite enjoyed using them. I quite enjoyed smashing monsters over the head with a, a dumbbell or a TV. <laughs> or yeah. The TV even, was good fun. <laughs> even though, and I, and I don't know why this is, it feels it's in my head in terms of breaking immersion it's okay to have seven firearms <laughs> invisible but it's not okay to have a, a 70s game show's worth of prizes kind of in your backpack it's bizarre and i mean this comes straight after silent hill 4 where you had probably the most restrictive of all the yeah. entries in, yeah. in the silent hill games and, that, and that's really weird but i had a real issue with with, with this in this game because I shouldn't have had to be completed, uh, collecting so many weapons. Mm. Uh, you know, at any one point, you could have four meat hooks, you know, three batons. Oh, yeah, and then you have uh, to tab between them all. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you tab between them on the D-pad, but then it gets worse if you want to use the guns, because if you're using the guns, you go into your uh, main inventory and... Or you can you, tab up. Well, yeah, and, and then if you want to go and... You look through them and you list the, the top one is examine rather than equip and equip yeah. the bottom option and reloads yeah. in the middle and that was a complete mess like yeah, UI that was failure. really bad it was yeah. It, yeah I really had a problem with the UI um, and the weapons you know obviously breakable weapons we we had those in Silent Hill Four except these weapons are breaking after three or four hits well it's <laughs> yeah it's crazy it, it's isn't it? insane you know I wouldn't have to collect that many yeah. but the length, the length of lead pipe. You'd think yeah. that would stand up to at least a couple of ways. A samurai sword? <laughs> yeah. I've killed got, four monsters and it's snapped in half. Yeah, I got mm. five hits out of a meat cleaver yeah. on, a, on a doll, on a, on a mannequin. It's it's bizarre that yeah. they decided to have that impact so low. You know, Give me one-eighth of the weapons and have them last eight times longer. 
I think my favourite one has to be the drip stand, uh, which he finds several <laughs> throughout the game, uh, and they're taller than he is. <laughs> that was actually quite good fun with the drip stand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I felt like you know the the monsters are pretty much uh, again they they feel like things we've seen before. Um, they they've got they've put some thought into it. If you look into it, they are monsters that represent mm. uh, you know Travis's personal demons um, and things like that. But they have you know they have the same kind of fleshy, dirty, fleshy, skinny, shiny thing going on and that, I realise that's part of the series but there's there's very few that were really um, you know sort of stand out exciting for me but actually again I skipped four but uh, comparing it to even to three where we felt that they I think we, we all felt that they'd made some concessions to the gameplay in terms of the monsters not just you know constantly hitting you when you're already down and things like that um, this game again made another kind of step in the terms of modern games development uh where the monsters would at least respond how you could kind of dictate the combat more to them than they would to you so you could keep staggering them in their animations with if you pick the right weapon whether it's a screwdriver or a scalpel um you could you could go into into each uh skirmish with a tactic which was like say one one shot from the from the hunting rifle because you don't want to waste your bullets and then you could keep that monster down with repeated well-timed hits from a melee weapon and things like that and so even though it was hardly spectacular it's not dmc for instance um and it shouldn't be obviously but it was perhaps slightly more engaging and felt slightly less arbitrary to me it did have its moments where it it went complete opposite to that though where you would walk out of a door and you would immediately be in the grasp of an Mm. uh, an aerial or or um what they're called the the straight jackets or the amount of times you would be walking down the, the streets of silent hill and for me the camera was unforgivably bad like the worst in the silent hill series bad um and the amount of times you were running towards the camera and suddenly a carry-on in the street would hit you. And these things do serious damage, you know, two hits and, you, you know, it's beeping and you really need a, yeah. uh, to take an energy thing. And it's like, that, well, that's just unfair. You can't you can't hear it. Uh, you've got maybe your radio on, but you've got no awareness of where it is because you're running towards the camera and it would leap across the street and get you. And th- those moments sort of go against the ability to stagger them or keep them at a distance or even run around them, especially those moments where... You you would exit a door and suddenly you had that grapple, which was one of the new features. And obviously, oh, as yeah. as was of the moment, it had to be a real time event to get out. And it's the god it, of war effect. Yeah, mm. and, and it's suddenly you'd like in their grasp, and it, it it was so frustrating just leaving a room and they're on you. Like the, the, um, there's literally no gap. It's ridiculous. That I hated. I wonder if uh, I wondered actually if uh, whether it was a concession for uh, hard of potential hard of hearing or deaf gamers, or whether it was uh, an admission that the camera wasn't uh, wasn't quite up to snuff. Um, this is the first game with a, uh, a visual uh, indication that there are monsters in the area because you've got the sort of film grain yeah. um, static as well as as was the radio. So I don't know if that was something to do. You with also that. have the the edge of the screen would light up with a, with a color depending on on your damage taken. So the, there was. There were some visual indicators that, that were a bit different, but in, in that regard, the, the camera um, 
is is absolutely my biggest pet peeve on this entire game. I, I found it considerably worse than than Silent Hill One, which is pretty mm. bad. I didn't. I didn't have after. too many problems with it. Um, I mean, the 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 L shoulder button still brings it round behind you when it can. Um, but yeah, generally, I I sort of I had the same attitude towards the camera in this game as I do in most. Um, sort of survival horrors in, in and it is that sort of making excuses for the you know the the suspense thing the the yeah. resident evil type thing of the almost yeah if you can't see what's around there it's it's part of the horror but yeah um maybe. yeah I don't, I don't mind a fixed camera angle and this this game does some interesting fixed camera angles those, yeah. um which yeah. which is had certainly hacks back to the first game yeah um probably more than the others and those are great but but when it's sort of that it's not so much a free camera angle but mm. the the game auto directs it. it yeah, that that it does. It makes a, a real mess of it. And obviously, the PSP had no uh, second yeah. uh, camera stick type affair. Um, and I assume they didn't. Uh, I, I believe the PS2 port was entirely vanilla. Like, there's no changes to it whatsoever. Is that? Do, do we know if that's true? I don't know if anyone's played both versions, but. I only played the PS2 version, and it seemed the From the videos I've seen of the PSP version, it looks the same. And the camera you know, control it's, it's wasn't added to the right stick, presumably. No, no. no. Um, I understand because um, going back to the reviews, um, the reviews for uh, the 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 original PSP launch were relatively uh, positive mm-hmm. by and large. Um, game rankings average is uh, 78%, just over from 50 reviews. Um, interestingly, the PS2 version. Uh, fared considerably worse um, and I wonder if that's partly just the result of um, I don't know if it, whether it was the game was being readdressed or because it was a year later or because the graphics had used pretty much exactly the same assets and on a much bigger screen they it looked much be, worse it could just be options you know you've got Silent Hill 2 3 and 4 as an option on the PS2 yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I mean, but in in a lot of ways, Silent Hill Origins doesn't really work as a portable game. I wouldn't have said because it's not the kind of game you just pick up for, um, you know, for a quick blast on the bus. I mean, it's you, you need to be sitting in the dark with headphones on, and the save points are yeah. miles apart. So, <laughs> I mean, you can put it in sleep mode and whatever, but it'd it, probably be um, suitable for playing on the night bus in London. Yeah, <laughs> I think that Believe might actually me. add something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange because a, a Silent Hill 4 style of being able to travel back to the apartment to save at any time you want seems a more appropriate save mechanic for a PSP game. <laughs> Yeah, but I suppose that's a very good point. But I suppose you, um, because of the nature of the the way the story leads you around the town, I mean, um, it's it's kind of it's it's more obviously in four uh, or I suppose it's ultimately five uh, sort of separate sections. This game, it's slightly less um, labyrinthine than than its non handheld predecessors. um, I suppose, other than the room, I'm betting without the room here, but you pretty much go from dungeon to dungeon to dungeon to dungeon hospital sanitarium uh theater motel um i thought by the way of course you went back to the hospital and and it's fairly well justified by the story um the sanitarium of course makes a lot of sense in this sort of thing um and i don't know if we'd done that before in a silent hill had we been to a sanitarium before but I really like the theatre setting, you know. Um, yeah, was, I didn't yeah, necessarily I think that was good. Yeah. yeah, I didn't necessarily think they made the most of it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was something we hadn't seen before in that world, yeah. and it, you know, it allowed for some quite fun stuff with a stage and peepholes and the the changing the scenery to get to the boss and things like that. I thought that was yeah. quite neat. Yeah, it's quite cool seeing a theatre, and of course we see something similar uh, to a theatre effect in in Downpour, but. 
um, it, it was it was a refreshing change. Obviously, the hospital was kind of nice because it was the same layout yeah, as, yeah. as in Silent Hill One, so that that was kind of a, a, a friendly nod. But the the one thing I will praise is particularly in the sanitarium, is it had a a real sense of scale that that interior felt oh, yeah, really large. It mm. was it, you, a lot of traversal. Uh, even more with the the the, the travelling um, to the other world, which was probably a bit too repetitive. Mm. It was like you were going back in every three or four minutes to to get somewhere else. That became very tiresome within the sanitarium. But when you're actually um, either in the other world or in the normal world for any period of time, I thought that was a really impressive um, interior because. There was a whole west side and a whole east side to it with the wings. Yeah, it felt absolutely huge. It really intimidating. Yeah, and they really started to as you go through. Um, although the monsters don't naturally respawn um, just uh, over time or, or anything, um, they get triggered with uh, events. Yeah. And I, uh, as as I could understand it, and this was my reading of it, um, because there were some corridors that I was not clearing out as I was going through. I was dodging. Um, it seemed that it added more monsters uh that it would have re sort of effectively respawned a couple more monsters for the, for a clear corridor but because i just kept skipping them and then i did a certain story event i ended up with like even more monsters in that <laughs> corridor i think that's how it worked anyway which i don't think is something i'd seen before in the series the uh, the mirror uh, you're talking there, Carl, about uh, yeah. going between the uh, the fog world, uh, the normal world, it, as such as it is, and the other world, the the rust place, the rusty bloody place. Um, this is the first game that gives the player agency over this. Um, it's not it's not exactly light world, dark, light world, dark world stuff from Link to the Past we're talking here, but it does mean that you have. Um, you have ways of seeing the uh, certain areas in 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 both things, which I uh, I like the idea of, but it it kind of takes the dread out totally. of it for me yeah. having having yeah. the option to go there. Yeah. Uh, being thrown into the other world in the previous games was something you feared because you knew everything was going to be worse. But here you had the option to step in in and out at will almost. Yeah, I felt it was also a a, a clear. Um, reference to the, the the moment in Silent Hill 3 where you're in the you're trapped in a room with a mirror mm. in front of you and um, there's a sink full of blood and That's it right. drains out yeah and uh, and it it comes into the room and infects the room and leaves the mirror image uh, relatively clean um, but obviously that was a you know that was a far superior way <laughs> to do it because you had no control over it mm. it was that was a terrifying moment in Silent Hill 3 and um, yeah I think yeah, I think I think what you said about it taking, uh, giving you the control over it, I think mm. drained some of the tension. Yeah. It, it's strange, isn't it? Because they actually use it as a puzzle mechanic more than um, a sense of progress. Where you know, obviously, if the other world was coming in, you knew you were progressing through the game, and there was that dread of the unknown at, at any point. Yeah. The other world isn't that much different. You yeah, know, the change there's, there's, becomes very normal, doesn't it? Yeah, it becomes. Yeah, you become sort of not as uh, you know, um, sort of normalised to it. It, it. it it holds no fear anymore because you are essentially the master of the destination. So, in mm. in that regard, it was a bit of a shame. I understand why they use it as a puzzle mechanic because certain doors open in the other world where they're locked, and you you get the key from the other world. But it it seems really strange, and it's something that they've not really revisited. Uh, which which for me is a good thing because it, it broke 
that that sense of the game for me. You know, the other world is something that that's become a real standard core mechanic in the Silent Hill titles, and mm. it works. It, it should it, make you panic. Yes, that that's what it brings in. You know, that that sense of the sirens, that sense of the other world, the the, the rust, the blood, these monsters crawling out of the dark. That doesn't really happen in this because essentially the way that you play the normal world is exactly the same way that you play the the other world the there was a yeah there, i think some of the sort of uh puzzling between the two worlds uh, again rather than being you know that really again i i definitely take into account the probably the limited time that the the final set of developers actually had on it but um rather than there being you know you can imagine that mechanic being used for some really ingenious puzzles but actually it tended to be really straightforward stuff like yeah like you say the key is not in the light world so it is in the other <laughs> well, world and it's uh, always a key yeah that, pretty that's much. the strange <laughs> thing about this game it's always a key yeah yeah in one form or another yes i mean there, there there's the odd exception um but a good i suppose a good example of even when there's an extra step um in the motel there's a glass you can see a glass heart mm. in the pool mm. um but you can't go in the pool um guess travis doesn't swim or something <laughs> yeah. um so you have to go to the other world uh where the pool is drained of course um collect the glass heart then take it back to the lights or the the fog world then put the put it in a vice then out comes there's a key inside and then the thing that you have to then take the key back to the other world possibly to to open the door so it's that sort of thing um and i suppose it's sort of in, it's more interesting than not doing it that way but it's still quite it's just adding steps for the sake of adding steps and to to pad the the playtime which is already um relatively brief um about five and a half hours and i think that the repetition of those steps is what really started to get to me it becomes a drain where you are changing back and forth countless times, particularly, like I mentioned, in the sanitarium. It does it a lot, um, where you, you go up the stairs to the to like the first floor, then you change to the other world, then you go down to the basement, and you go through a door, and then you change it back to the other side on the toilets. And you're doing that a lot. It's It becomes less boring and just more frustrating I think is, is mm. something that I found and, and it was by that point I was I can't wait to get out of this sanitarium I just want to go somewhere different now because I'm fed up of this and, you and the and, other and inmates leaning. I'm sure yeah, and, and this leaning on this mechanic just oh, awful Let's talk about some of the other uh, puzzles in the game and there's one that I know Sean particularly wants to talk <laughs> yes, about but the, um, I thought there were actually some uh, quite fun puzzles. As I say, I, I like the theatre puzzle um, yeah. where with the spotlights. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the spotlights one. Yeah, that was um, that's just a, a nice mathematical mm-hmm. problem yeah. um, uh, with some clues. There's another couple like that where you know going in and out of rooms and uh, t- traditional Silent Hill stuff, I would say. But perhaps um, there, yeah, there's there weren't quite so many sort of arcane items and things like mm-hmm. that. It was more sort of uh, logic puzzles um but some yeah like from relatively odd stuff like a set of dolls with <laughs> different um d- you know uh, deaths and and things like that but also to the incredibly mundane such as changing light bulbs which they made a fun <laughs> puzzle out of and uh, and running a washing machine in the laundry <laughs> literally the worst puzzle i've seen in years like uh, uh, so here's what here's what happened 
why it was so uh, frustrating for me actually was um, <laughs> uh, you find the note because you've never used a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. um, you find that note that uh, is from the janitor saying, "Hey, uh, if you need to open the washing machine, you have to turn it to uh, you know what is it? Quick uh, wash and uh, sixty minutes. Sixty drain. degree wash. Yeah." quick rinse yeah yeah (laughs) and i'm like okay like i'm reading that that all makes sense then you get to the washing machine and it's covered in symbols like all these weird symbols i'm like what is this that's the puzzle that's the puzzle (laughs) none of the symbols make sense and then i had i had to look that one up because i didn't understand it and then as once i finished symbols well once i finished that puzzle you turn around in the same room and there's a little guide right there on top of a chair that shows you what symbol means what yeah So okay. I, well, I can't believe American washing machines don't have symbols on them. Have you not got the same <laughs> symbols? No, actually, the symbols aren't internationally standard ones, I admit. But um, but I have to say, Sean, I didn't know there was a guide in that room, and I got it on my oh, second attempt. So come on, <laughs> logic. The, the the one with the with the what looks like water going out is the drain one. Yeah. The middle the middle wash is obviously going to be the sixty degree one because you've got you've 30, got 60, 90. or eighty yeah. and then and yeah something like that and then and whatever the other thing was was a medium spin wasn't it so it was the medium <laughs> spin one come on Sean no no it's just really and even on top of all this I thought it was funny it, it's funny but like on top of all this is you're opening a washing machine as a puzzle it just seems so <laughs> like it kind of fits yeah. because Silent Hill is just so weird but oh, yeah. I mean I don't yeah that, I was going to say that's what's weird about the Silent <laughs> yeah. Hill games do you remember the one in Silent Hill 2 where you had to get a was it a baseball out of a tin or something? Oh, a it was sealed, light bulbs. Yeah. Light bulbs yeah. out of a tin. Light bulbs in a sealed <laughs> yeah. tin. Yeah. Yeah. And light. you had to get a token for this. The, I, I like the fact that the tokens from the pinball yeah. machine also work <laughs> in the... It's like classic holiday, you know, holiday park motel stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, takes me back. <laughs> yeah. It was weird seeing, like, on the pinball machine where you see Farrah Fawcett on it as well. That was kind of weird. Really? That's only on the PS2 that. version, mm. actually. It's not in the PSP version. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, I don't know why. Oh, well, it was worth buying. Yeah, so there you go. yeah special gamers collection, <laughs> there we go. collector's edition. Um, so, what, what is it? A licensed pinball table or something? Is it Charlie's Angels or something? It's, it's just her. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's just on it. All right. I guess time period. It's, a big, it's, still, sense, a, it's still a big rig uh, pinball machine. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, because he's a driver <laughs> of a lorry yeah, yeah. or a truck. Um, and for some reason, let's stick Farrah Fawcett on it. She was popular in 1976. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I also... Uh, the I, th- I thought the, the final puzzle with the flowers was pretty fun yeah, as I like well. Yeah, I I enjoyed working that out. Anybody else have any favourite puzzles? Yeah, I, I didn't mind the puzzles in this, to be honest. Um, obviously, I think the light bulb one was my favourite because I do like a little mathematical puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the searching for the information in the motel... To enter into the uh, rotary calendar with the dates was, was 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 weird. That was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, I didn't quite get that one. I must admit, I ended up uh, looking up one of the dates because I just hadn't come across anything mm. that was seemed to be relevant to the the date. Now yeah. I know that I know one of them's hidden on his lucky coin yep. that he has with him from the start of the game, yeah. which is quite yeah, cool. The, but I think I found the month and not the date or the date and not the month i can't remember yeah. which but i found the month because the month was the wedding right, right. and the, the oh, okay, day is no, yeah. when you June. look through when you know how you um you go in between the rooms like through the back and you can look through the little uh. peepholes oh, um, yeah. when you look through the peephole in the room 500 um on the wall is a calendar with a circle around 12 so, oh, I must have yeah. missed that one. Okay, that's probably the one I missed. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's one of those weird Silent Hill puzzles, but it was also the one moment that 
it sort of I was playing it. I thought this is a Silent Hill. Yeah, game. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it was kind of abs- absurd <clears throat> because like I also had to look online because I didn't get the bit with his coin. <laughs> Oh, because okay. no, why would enough. I? But um, <laughs> yeah. it, it was also sort of a truly wonderful sort of Silent Hill crazy puzzle, mm-hmm. and, and and I appreciated that. Yeah, the peephole stuff was quite creepy and mm-hmm. fun, and and we'll go into one reading of Travis's story in a minute, which which sort of adds adds a, adds a layer, t- a dark textured layer to all this. Um, we must, of course, because it's a Silent Hill game, and because it's Kane Rince talk about the bosses. <laughs> uh, standard <laughs> for a Silent Hill game, uh, pretty much? Yeah, I, I would yeah. say worse, actually. Really? Okay. Well, the, specifically the butcher fight, I thought was just unbelievably running bad, running around <laughs> a kitchen like, in a square. like just like, It was like a cartoon, almost. Just yeah, was, yeah. a rosy with a, with yeah. a butcher. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention that he is already <laughs> such a blatant rip-off of uh, Pyramid Head, but... Yeah, poor fan service yeah, there. Because yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna get, do fan service, make sure it's good. Don't do don't do half-hearted, yeah. lame yeah. fan service. That's like the worst kind. I think, yeah, I think the butcher just just yeah came from the fact that the, the development team set out right that they were looking to essentially do a mm. a, a revisit of the Silent Hill two yeah. story. Yeah, um, but I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> they, they really he, he was potentially they really a good could have done better. You know, he's potentially yeah, good sure. you see those bodies littered uh, around the town that have been gutted by him up till that point, and you think. You, obviously, you've seen him a couple of times, and and you and you see him gut the nurse uh, when you go to the butchers for the first time. But I think that's a pretty good scene, actually. Yeah, mm. just it just bit. feels like they don't really build on that, Mm-mm. and then you get this boss battle. Where you're just literally running around an island in the middle of a kitchen. <laughs> it's fast, yeah. yeah, like a Hanna Barbera cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the background just goes. Yeah, around it and takes around. all his menace away. And um, I mean, I was expecting when that started for it to go a bit more like the one the first time you meet him in Silent Hill 2 where he deflects all your bullets mm-hmm. and I was thinking I was expecting some sort of thing but no I just ran round a <laughs> ran round a column and filled him full of AK-47 later it's weird because I um, like you Leon like you mentioned in the sanitarium ran past so many enemies that that I would be collecting ammo, and those ammo would just—I'd use those for the bosses, and the bosses never had a second stage, so it was just like mm. unload on them, done. Yeah. yeah, the only one I had an issue, a slight problem with, was Caliban in the theatre. Um, he's very—you know—the the traditional, very large um, boss. Uh, the story goes something along the lines of that uh, Alessi used to hang out at the theatre mm-hmm. yeah. when they were um, rehearsing the Tempest. Um, there's only this theatre only shows Shakespeare, <laughs> according to its posters. Um, <laughs> But uh, and she actually, when she appears after this boss fight, she she's actually kicking uh, Caliban because she doesn't because um, because it actually frightened her, yeah. um, which is unusual. Um, but uh, I ran out of uh, almost all bullets at that point. Now I think this is the first game in the series that has adaptable uh, ammo and health in that it it delivers uh, a, a, an amount that you need basically mm. for for the game. I don't think it predecessors had, um, so uh, it. Yeah, it basically doses you with uh, enough to get through generally. Um, but yeah, I ended up all out of bullets for every gun, so I ended up running around the back of Caliban and stabbing him with a <laughs> screwdriver at the end. But uh, you know, again, nice. usual, prison rules. Yeah, exactly. But you know, the usual, the usual sort of um, 
Yeah, they, they, they were very much, you know, at one point the, the, you fight the, the horrific spectre of the, the, the demon that is Travis having seen his, uh, having seen his father recently hang, you know, who hanged himself, hanging from a noose. But again, you know, the creature itself is, is uh, you know, it's horrid enough in a sort of yeah. predictable Silent Hill sort of way. It's but unspectacularly the, horrible. Yeah, but the, uh, but, and again, you have to wonder about, you know, is this partly us having got, you know, uh, overexposed to mm. this sort of thing by this stage? But again, the fight is walk backwards and fire um walk, yeah. walk in a you know circle strafe and fire there's no there's no again as or in, in the uh, when you fight the the spirit of his father left and right just literally <laughs> left fire three shots go to the right, right fire three yeah. shots back and forth but yeah I, I didn't struggle with the one in the theater because i didn't actually see him on the screen i had enough rifle ammo that i just fired <laughs> yeah. blindly towards the camera all right um and and that was it, it started the cut scene but the one with his mother the, the second boss fight, mm. I said my graphics were dark. I mm. could see maybe a glow of her, and on one time I got spiked, apparently. <laughs> I couldn't see them. Um, right. It was ridiculously dark. That battle became really tough to the point that... And I'd got to this point, and I only had melee weapons. Mm. I'd missed the gun, completely missed yeah, the gun. Yeah, easily done, actually. Um, mm. And it got to the point of pure frustration. I looked at a guide, and it was... Like right near the start of the sanitarium, you can get the pistol. Yeah. I was like, oh. So I backtracked all the way, got the pistol, and then by that point it was a lot easier because, as you said, you back off, shoot, and, then, and continue that process yeah. until until the dead. And, and it, I had plenty of ammo for the gun, I just didn't have the gun. So that that was an annoying boss battle. Yeah. And once yeah. again, even the final boss is... I mean, it, you know, it, oh, the final boss is I thought was a real disappointment. Yeah. It looked like some. Yeah. It looked like something that could have been in Doom yeah. Three. <laughs> It's yeah, a, it's it a very generic demon. Yeah, generic wings. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Generic you did get demon. the. You did at least get the fireballs coming out of the sky uh, from the ending of, of the first. Yeah, which, which I thought was quite a nice nod. But yeah, yeah that that was the last boss battle was a strange one because by this point it was just get the rifle out, the automatic rifle, and just unload until yeah. <laughs> that was it done. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, again, assuming that you'd just actually been around and picked up a few bullets, but um, it it gives you, I think it gives you enough pretty much in the run up. Although I had a I had a slight issue in that there's an area um, which is uh, called nowhere, and I think again this is something we've seen uh, before. I think in Silent Hill Three it was quite similar. Um, apparently, you can pick up a child, a childish drawn map, probably yeah. by a lesser, to get through that bit. I didn't see that, so I <laughs> did that bit. I did that bit without a map. I just kept going forward. <laughs> Eventually, I got to a door, um, and then I read later there was a map. But um, yeah, I think th- uh, Silent Hill Three yeah. did it, didn't it? With, yeah, uh, w- by the developer's kid, and then Silent Hill Four did it um, near the adoption area. Uh, which, oh, okay. which was pretty, which is pretty cool. So it's it's something that they continue to use as a kid's drawing for a map. But yeah, it can be a bit awkward without the map. Um, again, very first uh, area of the game didn't get the map. Yeah, that that was frustrating. It, 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 because items aren't immediately noticeable. Obviously, he looks to the side. It, yeah. It's one of those mechanics. You'll sort of look at it, but when you're moving past, sometimes it's not overly clear, or he'll sort of look towards something and then you'll press and nothing's clear. Nothing glows. Yeah there's a real issue there for me that it was too easy to miss stuff and it's not even just like the little bits of ammo or the odd health spray it's stuff that's key like keys (laughs) you can miss or documents that you need um, stuff like that the only one that was made really obvious was the theatre ticket 
I thought, because it glowed gold. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. other than that, there were, there were so many times I'd walk past or I'd go through a room three or four times. I think, um, I mean, obviously, I, my technical issues were more around the fact that, and the reason if I ever missed anything, it was probably the size of the yeah, screen on the right. PSP Go. But yeah. also, you're, you know, you're playing it on the PS2 version, which, you know, so you were playing it on a larger uh, screen space, but you had, um, you know, cabling issues. Nick, you, pl- you said you played it on PS2. Did you play it on like an old cathode ray tube or a modern telly? And did you have, do you have these visibility issues? Um, uh, yeah, it was it was an old older cathode ray. Nice, telly. and I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is is that um, Origins uh, used the grain filter. Yes, quite. Yeah. I always had that switched on, so um, I'm pretty much used to Silent Hill having visibility issues <laughs> all the time. Um, <laughs> Treat it as but part I mean, of the experience. Yeah. I suppose, but then, uh, like like Carl was saying, um, missing objects. You do end up just kind of walking around the perimeter of rooms, just clicking away until something <laughs> comes up, and yeah. that's just to me, it's just redolent of the the, the problems that point and click games used to have, where you just go searching on the pixels, and it's yeah. Even in even in uh, two thousand and six slash two thousand and eight, when I played it, it was something you don't you don't expect. Um, yes, it's to uh, again another yeah another um, another trope uh, of of survival horror that perhaps is uh, so, yeah something again that I think developments moved away from in in recent years. But uh, um, yeah, I think just survival horror. Um, uh, just mechanically, at least at least the type that Silent Hill stuck to just hadn't moved on. Um, even with something as, as as well crafted as Resident Evil Four, the problem that Silent Hill always had was evolving mechanically. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, that's a bigger issue. And when they tried, people went, well, "We don't." And yeah, well, yeah, right, so it's not Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, damned yeah. if you do, damned if you don't. And, and it's Absolutely. very hard. As soon as something's cult, it's yeah. so much harder to change something, isn't it? I I would always rather people kind of slay the sacred cows, really, mm. for the for the sake of progress, because you can always go back. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, if that, that really, whole experience really would have been better if you had like a minor glow around objects that you could collect. It, it yeah. wouldn't distract you too much, but it would draw attention to stuff that could be picked up. It could it, just be kind of a, like a lighter version of the grain. Mm. Yeah, or something. exactly. Don't make it, me fight the frustrations. Fit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Another technical issue I had, um, I don't know if this is specific to me or specific to James's uh, login or specific to uh, the PSP Go version, uh, playing playing the game on PSP Go, but um, sc- uh, cutscenes would often just skip long before they were finished for me. <laughs> um, so no, I, I had that. Uh, I had okay. certain things. Yeah, certain collectibles would you know, normally the pop up so you could see them. There were times where I'd collect something and it just nothing would pop up. It would go straight back to the game. Same with the cutscene would just end. It's- oh, okay. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I've been I'd rewatched all the cutscenes on uh, YouTube, and in some cases, I was as they were skipping in the game, I was then f- uh, pausing the game, flipping to my phone and watching them on YouTube, and then going back to the game because um, yeah, it was it was you know I was missing quite important elements like uh, the scene with uh, Kaufman and Lisa in the um, having obviously just had sex for for her drugs mm, which you know mm-hmm. goes back to the story in the first game and you know stuff like that which uh, which is kind of important to setting the whole mood and tone as well as telling this story such as it is um, having those bits kind of removed uh, it's not a game I would at least on your first playthrough actually suggest skipping the cutscenes because they might not be masterpieces but they do um, you know they bring 
they bring something to the the whole Silent Hill Origins experience. I would say um, some of, most of them are, are obviously done in uh, engine or similar, um, and but there's a few uh, CGI ones um, topping and tailing the game, aren't there? And a couple couple in the middle, maybe. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. There's the, the there's the odd cutaways, and and it does actually they're not that bad. You know, I think maybe the voice acting certainly helped. But one thing I, I would like to bring attention to is that mm-hmm. whenever the game did cut away to a cutscene, I didn't find myself turned off by them, mm-hmm. um, which Silent Hill 4 was laughably bad for some of those moments. The, obviously, the, the scripting was bad, but the cutscenes themselves were just mm. at times awful. At least in this, they were telling a story. And there are times where it does that, thing where you you can be actively playing but it's still a cutscene going over the top where it would go blue like in the in the theater and and you'd hear that like the voices over the top or when when you're in the film room that those kinds of moments um where it's sort of i think travis is getting visions or he, he of his hears parents, the voice or he's yeah. reminiscing yeah, yeah of his parents they that i did really enjoy those so on that very subject travis's story um now we we, we don't go through every story beat anymore um but the <sighs> The the premise seems to be that uh, he, I mean, the the overt premise at the start of the game is that he's uh, he's on his way to the nearby town of Brahms, which is mentioned uh, right at the start of the first um, Silent Hill, I think. Uh, it's where the cop uh, woman is from. In this case, he's taking a shortcut as a trucker through Silent Hill. He's chatting on, to his mate on CB. They talk about his issues. Um, he ends up. Um, seeing uh, the sort of the spiritual manifestation of a lesser in the road and he stops his truck and uh, ends up um, finding the actual Alessa um, as presumably as part of the uh, the ritual that involves her being burnt alive to conjure up the demon uh, that these cultists worship to bring about a new um, a, a new regime of of um, Day, deus domination. <laughs> this is when I, I start talking about this story, and then I go, yeah, and then I go, nah. But um, I, th- I think that's the idea. Then he, um, then he, he passes out after after uh, pulling this poor charred girl out of the fire, and uh, but then he's determined to um, see what happened to her, so he goes to the hospital. Um, but it's from there he kind of gets led on around the town to these different locations, and pretty much his only motivation at this point is because um, he believes that Alessa, uh, he's told that Alessa's dead, isn't mm. he? Um, yeah. uh, later on, he finds out that she actually isn't. Um, but he kind of ends up following clues around um usually a mutilated corpse and a key or a sign telling him to go somewhere else um and so we it's sort of revealed throughout the game throughout through these flashbacks and various notes and things like that that at some point he was uh here in silent hill as a child um with his dad probably visiting his uh committed mother yeah she she had tried yeah, to kill yeah. him was committed she tried to yeah. kill him right mm. so, so so that's what we're told um so i'm still slightly confused as to um you know the, right at the if you get the good ending at the end the cultists talk of using a summoning spell to bring cheryl mason to the town to to uh to get her you know back together with alessa to f- form the whole da 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 but um, in this case, I was slightly unsure as to whether because I, I like the idea that you know people get drawn to right, this town yeah. or summoned to it, but 
I couldn't quite work out whether Travis was drawn here because he came come here before, or whether it literally was a coincidence that he was driving through the town when. And do you see what I mean? How it, how how yeah, are his machinations? It, it uh, never intertwine? really mentions a pull because, um, you know, in in Silent Hill one and two specifically, we we see that the, there's a pull to that town. Yeah. Um, and in this, there's nothing like that. He just, I'm taking a shortcut, which is ridiculous. Who would take a shortcut through Silent Hill? There's holes in every road. <laughs> but um, the, 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 the thing that I really found bizarre was, as you mentioned, he finds out that, that the girl died in the fire. Mm. And at this point, you'd be thinking, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> Time to go home. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And he's got the key. He's got the key to his yeah. truck. So... Just go, and yet for some reason he keeps walking around the town. Yeah, yeah there's a there, there's something which says you know like what is what well, is it? You find? Is she, it the theatre ticket? Well, she she just, says uh, uh, the nurse uh, Lisa. She says to him, oh, uh, yeah. "I'm going to go meet uh, Doctor Kaufman at the sanitarium." Sanitarium. And for some reason, yeah. in, in Travis's mind as well, I guess I'll go there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Menage a twirl. laughs> so what um, else have I got to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so I I I felt like I I was missing something obvious, but I I don't I I haven't reconciled in my mind his motivation. The, yeah, mm. sort of. Obviously, there is this connection with him and the town. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, there's little references, isn't there? Like you go through the little mart and he goes, "Oh, I used to have this ice cream as a kid." And That's then right. Little thing goes, little things go through, and then he realizes that when it was the motel, yeah. that he had been to this motel before. That's it. But the motel is a really good chunk through the game. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And I feel like there should have been, uh, ironically, an origins <laughs> story for hey. him. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is this actually an origin story? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. So there seems to be some suggestion that Alessa's using Travis as some sort of um, conduit. But I don't know if that... Was that preordained that it had to be this particular guy because of his dark history with the town or, or well, I would have assumed it was because his mother tried to kill him in the same way mm. that, that Alessa's mother killed her. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Nothing's, nothing's ever really drawn on that. And, mm. and at the same time, is she using him to go and, you know, as a vessel, but it's made clear that he actually is still free of thought when he's come, he starts to confront her at, at the end of these cutscenes yeah. um, before she brings upon the sirens in which he passes out. So I don't necessarily think she has control over him either. So it, it's kind of weird. There's no real definition on what's happening. I think I suppose the only thing that occurred to me was that um, maybe Alessa was able to, to summon him to the town, as it were, and then it's yeah. his, his memories and his issues that keep him trapped there yeah. uh, for as long as, as long as she might need him. Um, it's something along those lines. Yeah, I yeah. Think. It's, it's all. I mean, that that's Silent Hill for you. <laughs> there yeah. is usually more, more well, questions and like, answers. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I always feel like I'm grasping slightly, um, but I realise that's because you know, compared to some of those people who are out there who know every you know every comma of this stuff inside and out, and you know, um, I'm you know I'm I'm not going to pretend to be one of those people. Um, because you know that's not how I come to games necessarily for this podcast. But equally, mm. I don't want to be so ignorant that I'm missing some, yeah, yeah. you know, some some massive point. Um, but well, I mean, you know, the law is the law is fiercely debated, which suggests that there is enough room for interpretation. So yeah, and I exactly. 
I don't yeah. think anything you said anything that sounds illogical by some of standards. <laughs> yeah. and, and indeed, this game is debated uh, as heavily as any that I've seen mm. so far. Now I haven't oh, yes. played. I haven't played the later ones yet, but um, I, I imagine there'll be uh, there'll be some some uh, ructions over that as well. But um, the one thing I wanted to talk about with this was, uh, and I, I really like this. I just uh, I just searched for um, sort of uh, synopsis and analysis of Silent Hill Origins, and the one that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I found uh, by this uh, person called Child of Valhalla, um, who goes to great lengths to illustrate why Travis is in fact a serial killer, a trucker serial killer called the Butcher, and that's and that's uh, and it's and, and it's he who killed his mum, and um, and in fact it's him who leaves the corpses around the town, and he goes in between these states. He's he's suffering from psychosis or some form of schizophrenia or split personality disorder, um, and some of the some of the clues are sowed by his trucker mate at the start of the game, and there's little there's little uh, bits of evidence dotted throughout. Now there's a he also offers a. Uh, the opposite theory that actually he's just an innocent guy who had this bad stuff happen to Mm -hmm. him but i like the former i like the idea that i accidentally played a game as a murderous psychopath (laughs) it also explains or at least to me because i didn't get it towards the end in the hotel when you come across all these pictures and it says like death by strangulation death by snake bite death by you know suffocation broken yeah yeah. (laughs) and i i I just i didn't understand why i was picking up those pictures uh, no, I was waiting for a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it just never came. Nothing ever well, came from that. So I, I just assumed that the death by a broken heart was the mother with a disappointed son. The strangulation was his father hanging himself. Um, I just figured it was those kinds of mm. elements yeah. of, of part, you know, in his psychosis. There didn't seem to be a payoff, though, did there? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it, you know, yeah. I mean, like technically, the, the, what you're talking about is isn't that actually the bad ending too? Is that he's strapped to a gurney and. He's hearing that's all these it. voices yeah. saying, "Oh, he killed all these people." And that's it. So yeah, that's the big difference. So the the good ending, um, you uh, you see uh, Alessa kind of give birth, not actually because she's a little girl, but suddenly suddenly a little glowing baby appears uh, upon her, um, and her spirit form delivers this baby to the edge of town, and then you hear the masons. Uh, coming past and uh, saying, oh, there's a baby, we'll, we'll have that, let's call it Cheryl. I, I thought that was how babies were born. My, <laughs> it I, is. I, sh- I shouldn't have got all my, all my education from the Silent Hill franchise. <laughs> a glowing baby. Is it any yeah. crazier than a stork? Is it any crazier than what actually happened? <laughs> I don't happened? tell me the stork's wrong as well. <laughs> I mean, if you think about what actually happens, I mean, that's just mental. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's why a Silent Hill you... storyline by itself. It is. It's, that, that is true body horror. Um, but, uh, but uh, so, yeah, that, that the good ending sows the seed uh, for the story to continue in the way that we understand it did. The, the bad ending, though, um, and apparently you get this, and this is another clue to the fact that he is a serial killer, is you can get the if, bad ending if you kill over 200 mm-hmm. enemies. Yeah. So... Whereas you remember the conditions for the previous game, uh, we were talking about the silent, the multiple endings for Silent Hill Two, and how there were these variants based on your your performance and your actions throughout the game. This the the conditions for this are either you know finish the game. I think there might be a couple of other conditions for the good ending. I'm not sure, but the bad ending is if you kill loads of monsters, 
Um, so that's quite weird in itself, I think. And and yeah, he's he's strapped to a strapped to a gurney. He's being injected with stuff, possibly that drug that mm. they have in Silent Hill, made out of the white whatever it is. Um, and he's seeing flashes of the butcher, and yeah, vo- I think you hear the voice of his mother sort of begging him not to mm. do something. And yeah, yeah, so I quite like that idea anyway. So may- maybe the story, maybe if you get the good ending, the story is he wasn't a serial killer, and maybe if you get the bad ending. Your story is that he was a serial killer. <laughs> it, it, it's a shame because the good ending seems is obviously the canon, canon yeah. storyline. If if it's canon, yeah. Um, yeah. And the bad ending is way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as an individual game to play, yes. You know, it would, it would have been better if it perhaps wasn't an origin story setting up the first, and yeah. the, the bad ending was the actual story yeah. of this game. I'd probably have preferred that again. If I mean, we, we I think we've all said this at some point in the, in this series of podcasts that wouldn't it. Wouldn't, wouldn't it maybe have been uh, a greater thing for Silent Hill to be if each Silent Hill it's was totally its own self-contained story yeah. in, yeah, in a sort of yeah. Twilight Zone type affair where, yes, Silent Hill was a character in the game in the sense that they would end up at this town and it was about personal demons, but there could have been more variety in terms of the uh, the personal demons, the creatures, the manifestations that you met, it would get away from the rather convoluted and um, kind well, of. You've got a never-ending supply of storylines mm. that way as uh, well. Abs- absolutely, mm. yeah. And and if that had, if it's like Silent Hill Five, if this had been that, had just been, yeah. And this is, or even if they'd said it in 1976, because it was kind of cool and atmospheric, they could have completely steered away from the whole Alessa Flowros demon story mm. cult thing and just gone for the. You're playing a, you're, yeah, you're playing a, a murderous psychopath who's, de- who's, who's basically going to hell for what he's done, and that's God, that's so yeah. much more interesting. <laughs> I mean, certainly the, uh, the 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 idea that Travis is the butcher um, mm. would certainly be contingent with what the, the the stated aim of the development team was that they were going to try and ape Silent Hill Two with the protagonist who was in denial about about yeah. what he did, but it's it's. I suppose it's uh, you know weirdly ironic that the good ending is the one that's canon. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And yeah. of course, and yeah, there is a comedy ending as well, which is involves <laughs> a dog and a UFO uh, in a nod back to previous comedy endings. Which which is good because obviously Silent Hill Four removed the Skipped UFO it, ending yeah. ah. annoyingly. That yeah. was a shame. Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, it's not in a way it's not for us to decide. In a way, it's not for anyone to decide. But. Um, as uh, Nick, as a, as a big fan of the series, do you consider this canon? Do, do you now consider this Silent Hill? Do you even care with, whether it is or not? <laughs> um, well, you, to be honest, I'd, I'm I'm comfortable with it being canon. Really, sure. Uh, I think it's a reasonable enough story. It doesn't take too many liberties um, with the Silent Hill world. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that the, the argument that I've read, I've I've read a few threads, and there are many, uh, you know, who th- th- run to many, many pages of people uh, being very angry with each other about this <laughs> on this subject, and it seems to be that the main points of contention are um, Alessa's uh, Alessa's agency in the whole situation, um, what the Flowers is. And there's a feeling that um, Sam Barlow, who wrote this, kind of misunderstood some of Konami's original uh, intention. But uh, but as you as you said rightly, there's a lot of debate about what actually you know what the story is anyway. So yeah, and I mean Konami rubber stamped it. So I mean exactly. I, I yeah. I'm pretty sure that it, if it had really gone way out on the law, they would have they would have put that back in line. Yeah, I would have thought um, so. 
And I, I suppose to a certain extent, really, you know, the one, like I said, the cult story isn't the thing that interests me most about Silent Hill. So, yeah, that's it. I, I, I get the feeling there's probably going to be quite a few Silent Hill uh, fans seething <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's the that's how I feel. It about seems it. to I, go. I'm okay with it being. It canon. seems to go both ways. There, are, there are some who definitely argue for it, and there are plenty of people who take the view as I do that really it's you know it, they're all works of fiction. It's entirely yeah. up to you what you take from it. Um, officially, yes, it's but as you say, Konami rubber stamped it. They put it out there. It's got the name on it. They could have given it a new IP or something, but it it is it is Silent Hill. But um Sean, how do you feel about this? I mean I I don't get the impression you're much more attached to this whole Alessa saga than, than yeah, the rest of us. That, but the, the last thing you said to him was do you care? And my first thought was not really, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm way more interested in the personal storylines. So as far as it being canon, it, sure, why not? It's totally canon. <laughs> <laughs> Carl? I think the first game's not made any better or any worse by having the origin story yeah. before it. Um, yeah. it you know, it, it, the, the series is what it is with or without this title, so you know, it, it's no better or worse yeah. for it. It doesn't shed any light on anything. It yeah. Really, no. it, it just, other than, yeah, so when this trucker came to town, <laughs> let's disregard the fact of whether he may have been murderous, serial killer or not, Eventually, he. Uh, this was their previous attempt at, um, you know, bringing this uh, demon into the world, and he thwarted it. And Alessa gave birth to this magic baby. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, mean, it's yeah. I would have liked Alessa to have been involved in it more outside of just you know seeing her in uh, after the boss fights. Yeah. But I think the the thing that probably disappointed me more is that you see Lisa and Kaufman in the storyline, and you're introduced to them. But I feel that Silent Hill One does a better job of introducing you to those characters and their story than than this does. So my next question is, uh, Nick, do you consider Silent Hill Origins to be worthy of the uh, of the franchise? I think it's right on the borderline, really. Okay, because um, I, I think I, I think it's I think it's the fact that it, it like I say, it doesn't take many liberties um with the you know the silent hill law and the the tradition of the games it, so it, it kind of in a way it's almost like if it didn't exist then you know I, I i don't think we'd notice and as it does exist i i think it's entirely inoffensive mm-hmm. um yeah yeah I, I i think it's i think it's okay it's okay i mean i i, I say this with knowledge of some of the games that are yeah. to come as well so um <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's kind of difficult to go back like um yeah i'm trying to think about it in the context of post silent hill for the room which mm. you know which people felt different ways about and you know was perhaps successful in some ways and really not in others um and then this was obviously a massive return to formula um mm. and uh and so you know and the good and the bad that comes with that plus with, yeah. the, with the development shifting i mean i was talking about the lack of um the lack of co- uh, community contribution to this podcast because uh you know presumably uh, you know not many people played it or either that or they weren't motivated to engage I mean you quite the reverse Nick in the sense that you actually said oh come on this one but that's not because you were particularly passionate about the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the this title so much as you wanted to talk Silent Hill generally which is which is completely cool the oh, game sold yeah. um, the, the game sold half a million copies on, on PSP um, and just uh, 
0.07 million on PS2, according to video game charts. Um, so, yeah, total sales of just over half a million, really. Um, and, yeah, I wonder how many how many of those PSP uh, purchases, uh, you know, really, really completed it, really loved it. Who knows? I think one of the more damning things about the game is that when I've chatted with people about the list of games that we'd put up... yeah. I would mention that we're saying we're covering the Silent Hill games, you know, we're covering, you know, one through four, and we're going to cover Origins, and people go, what's Origins? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it was one of, one of an instalment of the series that just seemed to come and go. I think it's, that's why I'm kind of slightly struggling to have a, have a strong opinion about it, really. No, I think I mean, it's people, just people telling know of People know of The Room, for better or mm-hmm. worse. You yeah. Know, yeah. Some people love it, some people hate it, and people know of Homecoming. Mm-hmm. For worse, um, and downpour even. Well, that, that mm. sort of that sort of came after, but um, yeah. this is the game that came between, obviously, sure. Homecoming and Four. And people have heard of both of those. Mm. Almost, you know, nearly everyone I've spoken to has heard of both of those. But a good chunk of them had never heard of Silent mm. Origin. Well, format, I guess, format yeah, plays a large say. part in that. And PS2 was, was never a massive seller, and uh, the PS2 version, obviously, a PS2 was a massive selling console, but. N- but it was, it was, it was always two years it, after release. It was a yeah. two years, two years later port. Plus, the would, PS3 would a, was already. Would a out. PS4 version of Book of Shadows <laughs> or Book of Memories, <laughs> no, Memories man, be, yeah. um, be popular? Probably not, yeah. and people probably wouldn't regard that as as canon as the dot <sighs> now. So, um, I, I certainly think that the target in this for mobile or portable, yeah. sorry, first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly hurt it. Well, and, and actually, since we're not going to even bother with Book of Memories. Um, We'll we'll talk about it on the uh, the chronologically uh, apposite uh, podcast, okay. but not not in not we'll 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 talk about it. But well, I mean, uh, if, what I was just going to say is that like I feel that I, so now I've seen Silent Hill brought to portable twice, and I've seen what it can do terribly <laughs> with Book of Memories, and right. and so Origins like the, you know the whole is it worthy thing. I think as as a portable you know shrunken down version of silent hill it's worthy enough i think it's it's that's you know it does its thing but yeah. it, 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 you know it, they managed to bring in all of the elements of silent hill it still doesn't have that as we said x factor before but in terms of actually being one of two portable devices besides like the iphone games um it's you know it's worthy enough yeah um, and talking about games that were uh, contemporaneous to this, um, I have no idea. My suspicion is none of you have played either of them. I certainly haven't. Um, but there were a couple of mobile games around this era of Silent Hill called uh, Silent Hill Orphan. And there was a follow-up, which I think was Japan-only, called Silent Hill The Escape. Um, I the, I only just came across these in the context of people discussing whether Origins was canon and then bringing yeah. these <laughs> other games into the... Uh, into the mix so um anyone any no. knowledge of these whatsoever i i had a, a quick crack at orphan but i mean i i just i found the writing uncompelling was it the visual novel type thing or, or um yeah yeah and uh yeah it 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 was one of those one of those things that i tried and was kind of mildly interested in it to start with and then I just I just tailed off and did something else. Um, Fair enough. Everyone should check that out then. <laughs> uh, 
that's it from god <laughs> yeah that's fair enough let's hear from our uh, our couple of faithful community uh, contributors both uh, big fans of the series i believe uh let's start with torino who says i was really excited to play this game back in the day so much that it was the first game i played on my brand new psp uh, and I imagine that, as we know, this is my interjection, that uh, that Tadinho, a.k.a. Daniel, lives in Brazil. Um, hardware prices are ridiculous over there, like properly insane. So I imagine he had to save up for his PSP. Back to Tadinho. Unfortunately, I didn't end up enjoying the game all that much and ended up quitting halfway through, never to return. There were many reasons as to why I gave up on Origins. And one of the biggest is certainly the combat. Now, I never really had much trouble with that in the previous entries, especially since I tended to run past the monsters anyway. But in this game, they had the brilliant idea of putting breakable weapons in for some reason, so you end up having a bunch of useless weapons you have to cycle through in your inventory, with almost all of them breaking after a couple of monster encounters. Add to that the general PSP controls and quick time events that can catch you off guard and can kill you if you have low health, and you have the most annoying combat system of the whole series. Another gameplay feature I found really odd was this new mechanic where you had to switch between the real world and the other world to solve a dungeon. In concept, this is fine, but I feel that the devs kind of missed the point of the other world by doing this. In the previous games, whenever the switch occurred, it was without warning, putting you all of a sudden in a twisted, more dangerous version of the place you were just in, tasking you to go through all of the dungeon again, but this time in a different way. The problem when you can just switch freely between both dimensions is that the other world loses part of what made it special. It just doesn't have the same impact as before, and that's not something you want in a horror game. The story, for all its promises of exploring the events prior to the first Silent Hill, just didn't manage to hold my interest, and that's really sad to say, because despite everything, the previous four games all kept me engaged, but here I just didn't care. I also hated the portrayal of Silent Hill 1 characters, especially Lisa, which heavily contributed to me quitting the game. It should also be noted that this is the game in the series that starts what I like to call the Silent Hill 2 worship, where you get the feeling that the devs really like Silent Hill 2's story and wanted to try to mimic it in every way possible. Most notably here with the cheap pyramid head rip-off The Butcher. This is at least tiresome and at most embarrassing. So, despite me really wanting to like this game when it came out, I just couldn't. It is possible that I would have enjoyed it more if I'd played the PS2 version that launched a bit later, but by that point I had no interest, and I was already looking forward to the next Silent Hill game, hoping that one would make up for all I didn't enjoy here. He he actually brings a good point regarding Lisa, and it's Mm, something I sort of brought reference to just before we started this Mm. section, and it's that in Silent Hill, I liked her, she she was like a victim mm-hmm. in a, in a place, and in this she comes off really unlikable, mm. like as really horrible, and it just doesn't feel like it's the same person. Obviously, she looks the same, and you recognise her as Lisa visually. Yeah, but in terms of personality, it's completely mm. different. Yeah. For uh, she, I don't know what happened for her to become likable in those. She changed a lot. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been all the drugs. In this, she has a, yeah. a bit of a cruel streak. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what yeah. comes across. Yeah, there's that uh, there's that weird uh, acting flirting mm-hmm. scene, isn't there? Where she, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, and our second and final correspondent uh, for this issue is the reviewist who says that Silent Hill Origins is something of an oddity. Despite being released on both PS2 and PSP, its length and scope mark it out with all the traits familiar to portable entries into the major game series. It was also, for me, the first new release after I discovered the series, so one I approached with no small level of excitement and trepidation. 
What I found was a short and vapid, but nevertheless mildly entertaining homage to Silent Hills 1 and 2. It's a mixture that doesn't always sit wholly comfortably, as the Alessa-centric plot aims to mimic the themes of the first game, while the slow and stulted reveal of Travis' own murky psychological baggage tries to ape the second game's story, meaning it's never clear whether Travis is in his own nightmare purgatory or Alessa's. In the end, it becomes a bit of a mess, and ironically feels similar to the first game in the way that it's often better to just allow the experience to wash over you, rather than to try to pick it apart too closely as we've just been doing for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) The town is as fragmented and quirky as ever, with the time-honoured broken streets, locked doors and trips into the rusty metal version of reality. But it feels a little tired and unoriginal, and even allows us to return to Alcamilia Hospital to meet up with familiar faces such as the Gillespies, blonde nurse Lisa and the sinister Dr. Kaufman. The new aspects are there, such as the one use and breakable weapons, and using mirrors to choose where and when to change realities are quaint, but hinder as much as they help. The rehashing of previous game monsters also cheapens the new creations, such as the lumbering plucked chicken creatures and the oddly contorted giants, while the less said about the lazy pyramid head proxy, the butcher, the better. In game terms, it's quite a fun entry, more for the gigglesome daftness of Trucker Travis and his endlessly deep pockets, filled with toasters, <laughs> portable TVs, filing cabinets, sticks, hooks and wrenches. It's a game that isn't too hard, but in fairness to the developers, I played both PSP Silent Hill games on my TV using a component cable, which had the side effect of making the game clearer and brighter, which allowed me to turn Travis' flashlight off and walk past or stealth bash many of the enemies who remained blissfully unaware he was ever there. Perhaps this was cheating, I don't know, but it meant by the time I reached the final demonic boss, I was carrying an AK-47 with enough ammunition to kill him dead in a few seconds. It's far from the worst entry in the Hill series, and it's a pity it never made it to other consoles, but it's a neat summation of the lack of ideas that would plague another upcoming entry in the series, remaining as a curiosity, which, although diverting for its five-hour duration, adds little of note to the series. Yeah, I think we sort of... uh, We... um Hit a similar note as the reviewist mm-hmm. there with um, talking about yep. the the game's identity of um, not knowing whether it wants to be a Lesser's game or or Travis's game. Um, it would be interesting to know the uh, the kind of backstory to the development of the game. You know, more more much more in more detail than we do. Uh, I suspect some of it's kind of unknown <coughs> outside of uh, outside of circles. You know, who who was it who wanted the Lesser stuff mm-hmm. in there? Was that was that purely the the, the money men at Konami, <laughs> or was or was that actually fans among the climax team who wanted to pay tribute to the original Silent Hill? Who knows? We have uh, we did have two three word reviews, but one of them was by uh, by uh, <laughs> by fine excuses here. Hello. Uh, so uh, you're not allowed it because you've got oh. to say hundreds of words. So uh, oh so lord, you, yeah. So you don't get a three word review. But we do have one more from Catatonic Gnarly, who uh, I don't think he's actually played the game, but he loves the music. <laughs> so he says consistently yeah. brilliant soundtrack. Uh, yeah, it was. It is the OST is decent. It is absolutely, yeah. It, it, it really, it really did grow on me. There's, there's, um, there's enough nods to previous games, but they do, they do, yeah, 
uh, Yamaoka does introduce some new elements on tracks like Insecticide and and Raw Power and stuff like that. It's, it's well worth a go. Yeah, I uh, quite agree. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, he obviously just wrote it with another Silent Hill game in mind. I don't think he, yeah. he particularly yeah. uh, necessarily um, would have, you know, made any differences to his style based on who was developing it or whatever. So, um it certainly does help a lot in in cementing that silent atmosphere and yeah there are See, some go on, go on. i feel a little different about this okay and it's something i would have liked to have maybe talked about earlier but we'll do now and it's um that i mentioned that i liked the way the game started it had sort of that that 80s vibe as you as you walk into the town i thought okay this this is good and i'm I mentioned before i'm a huge fan of akira yamoka and is you know i think, I think mm. he's a phenomenal game composer and there are moments where you get nice little bits of music that that start off and they're quite catchy or noticeable, um, especially like with the piano and stuff. But I found that the vast majority of the music in this game felt completely dialed in, hmm. like absolutely passionless, hmm. um, which is not something that I would have labelled that it's certainly not the first three. Four, I think I mentioned that I actually did quite like some of the music. I know some others, uh, I think Josh and, and Sean were quite critical of it. Um, whereas, uh, you know, I was quite keen, but this... Do you think that might be a perception thing based on the whole development of the game? I mean, obviously, you know, it's music, it's incredibly subjective. I actually prefer the soundtrack of this one, I think, to Silent Hill 3s. But, um, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, because, uh, you know, I, I will discuss it with something like Downpour, which was obviously not Yamaoka and I didn't feel I held back against the music in that mm. at all despite being a huge Yamaoka fan I actually liked the soundtrack to Downpour um, whereas in this as a fan I'll normally try and find a way to defend anything I can and you know I, I enjoyed his work on like Snatcher I enjoy his work out you know outside of just these games and for this one I just felt no affinity to that music mm. It, you know, it could have been by someone else. It didn't feel inherently by Yamaoka. I did. It didn't feel like it was a personal soundtrack for him for Silent Hill. Like you said, I, you know, I know he's normally a producer of these games, and he is involved with the Konami team, with 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 the Team Silent games, and in this, with it being a, obviously a Western developed release, I'm sure he wasn't working. You know, here in the UK, creating it for what he was seeing. Yeah, so there would and have been a regard, distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel in that regard that maybe he didn't have a feel for the game, and he just created a very generic. Oh my god, I used the G word. No, I um, think that's and, no, I think that's um, I think that's probably fair comment. But it just so happened that yeah, obviously, Catatonic Nali likes it, and I, I enjoyed it yeah. too. But I can I can totally see where you're coming from, or how one might feel that way. Yeah, I have to admit it, that I, I was I was definitely underwhelmed the first time I heard it, and it it over time I think actually div- weirdly enough divorced from the context <laughs> of the game. Yeah. It's actually something that has grown on grown on me hugely. Actually, hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe I would feel strange. the same way because you know, I, with alongside the game, it felt out of place. Hmm. And, and this is a you know, and I say maybe that's because the music is Silent Hill and the game isn't. I don't know, <laughs> Could be. but it yeah. certainly didn't go with what I was playing. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're probably. I mean, you can see in some of the uh, um, in some of the song titles, they don't really represent the themes of the game mm. up front in the same way that that some of the other OSTs did. 
yeah. um, acid horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. I really don't know what that would pertain to. Yeah. No, it does make sense. I, I suspect Carl is absolutely right that he, you know, he would have been receiving footage or builds perhaps to look at, but he wouldn't have been mm. involved. Uh, you know, he, he didn't like he had. Um, you know, producer credit on previous game and stuff like that, and he doesn't on this one. It's being developed in first the US and then the UK, so so it makes sense that there would have been a distance. Um, yeah, it's probably a fair comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I mean, I, there may be some irony in the fact that the bit that I think I like the most sounds like a safe room from Resident Evil, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, yes. plays in the uh, motel, I think, and um, it really does. Like, there's there's been a lot of different composers on Resident Evil. Um, some of whom were credited correctly, and some of whom were, were frauds. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 safe room music is one of my kind of oh, favourite yeah. things in in the in the survival horror world. But um, yeah, there's a bit that really has uses similar noises, and I almost felt like I was in a I was in a different game for a bit there. Right then, which which is probably why you like this. So yeah, exactly. Much. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should summarise um, our feelings towards Silent Hill Origins and uh, and say whether we would recommend it or not. Um, I will start. Uh, I ended up liking it a little bit more than I thought I was going to. Um, but that said, it still overall did feel like a bit of a, a tepid and tame and slightly tired retread of, of what had gone before. Um there are the more I've looked into it after finishing it, and this idea that actually the protagonist was um, was a, a, a you know a more deeply troubled man even than it appeared on the surface, uh, actually makes the game quite a lot more interesting to me than when I just thought of him as a regular trucker guy with daddy and mummy issues, um, and and that's interesting. I, I totally agree with. Uh, our correspondent, the reviewist, who says that the the game kind of, I suppose it wants its cake and and, and to eat it in the sense of uh, harking back to both the the Alessa saga and and the cult and the demon of Silent Hill One, but also the the uh, singular story, the one off um, troubled protagonist of Silent Hill Two. Um, it, yeah, it is incredibly safe, um, and uh, but all, for all that, it doesn't. I don't think it got too much like horribly wrong um but also you know I have to for context remind myself that I'm playing this is my fourth game of this type uh, this year um having played Silent Hills 1 2 and 3 back to back and then missing four I'm now effectively playing another retread so the 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 pattern of play the pacing the combat all feels very familiar even with its minor tweaks so perhaps that isn't in some ways the best way to play it um I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that people go and buy PSPs or or uh, crank out their 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 old PS2s to play this but um it seems that there are a lot of fans of Silent Hill games who would perhaps hark back to this as being, uh, you know, to being the early Silent Hills being something of a golden era for for Silent Hill and for and for survival horror. Um, if you haven't played this, then there is another game out there that is an entirely functional, um, you know, example of that with an with an Akira Yamaoka soundtrack uh, to enjoy. Um, if you haven't played it, then then you probably should do so but to uh, almost everyone else um highly missable i'd suggest uh sean yeah i've been struggling to 
say anything really about this game, positive or negative, uh, throughout the show. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, it's that like that saying goes. You know, that it's it's even better to be a terrible game than to be just kind of a mediocre and forgettable game. Um, and unfortunately for me, Origins is one hundred percent forgettable. I just. Uh, and the one way I do appreciate it is how I said earlier about being a portable Silent Hill. Like, especially on PSP, um, or just a handheld in general, there aren't many horror offerings out there. Um, and in that respect, if you're looking for something that's scary... Well, it's not even that scary. But if you're looking for a horror <laughs> th- game, and, and it's cheap enough, it's 10 bucks if you want to. Uh, it's it, it's totally inoffensive um, and that's fine <laughs> but i just uh, yeah i don't know it's just totally not uh it's not what i wanted out of a silent hill game so it's very interesting i think i could be wrong i think at this point uh at the time of recording we've been talking for an hour and 48 minutes i think you're the first person to use the word scary yeah i don't th- i don't think we've used any <laughs> adjectives yeah. uh terrified yeah. spooky creepy and that is pretty damning. For a horror game, especially, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> hmm. I could be wrong, you know. Keen, keen listeners will will tell me otherwise, but it's certainly not something we've we've dwelt upon. No. And yeah, I don't remember feeling no, especially after scared. like Silent Hill three. I remember if you remember, we were like me and Josh were going off about that mirror room just being like the scariest yeah, yeah. thing in the world, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick was talking about yeah, that earlier. Yeah. And this that was the only time we were talking about scariness actually. <laughs> yeah. It was 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 uh, an earlier game in the franchise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, make of that what you will. Oh dear. Carl? I was kinda of hoping for a little bit of a you know, sort of a, a little hidden gem away that I'd ignored for so long and, and you know, it was gonna be nice, maybe a bit refreshing, and it's the kind of game that I think would perhaps thrive from a do over. I do think there is room for a, a Silent Hill Origins game. It's just not this one. Yeah. Um, this would have, as we mentioned, been a, a much better storyline as its own independent story later in the series of Silent Hill 5 with what was the bad ending. Um, that would have immediately I'd have been selling people on the concept alone of a story rather than what we were left, which is just a very almost, you know, by the books, predictable uh, prequel that, that that doesn't stand out in any way like the four did after. Now, Silent Hill, I've always said, was an original trilogy and then the games that came around it. Um, you know, one through three are undoubtedly classics of the genre. And this, I was hoping, would hark back to that. You know, it leans very heavily on the first and we don't get anything remotely. It, it's as I described at the start, you know, just because you've got a mood board and, the, and a situation and all the numbers... Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to put them in the right order. And and this game certainly suffers from the curse of Western development uh, <laughs> more than, more, at least as the majority do, if not more than most. Um, even, you know, the the legendary Yamaoka can't save this game for me, mm. um, which, which, which is, you know, very, very sad. Now, what I will say is that I did actually enjoy the protagonist. Um, I thought there was room for his story. Uh, I thought the, the, the potential there for the story arc with his parents was certainly interesting. The you know the little cuts away in the story was something that, that I thought this game did well. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of it, 
perhaps stay stay away from a lesser uh, because it, it, I don't think it did a good job of that. Now, my biggest issues was certainly the camera was uh, having played at all the Silent Hill games, the worst of them all. Uh, the combat I really did not like. I ended up running past enemies because any, weapons that break after literally a handful of strikes is criminal, especially when you know you, you you're wielding these weapons uh, such as batons uh, and wrenches and stuff that that are breaking after three and four hits is just a bizarre design uh, decision that 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 is completely illogical and goes against what all the other games have done. I felt constantly that I was fighting a frustration playing this game, and that that's something that 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 I could never escape from. Uh, for that, I don't think I could ever promote this game that's that as something that someone should play. The, the Silent Hill is no worse uh, for for you know ignoring this title. Uh, with with so many options, we've got the first three games. Even the fourth does some interesting things. You know, lis- listen to to our thoughts on those previous podcasts because they all have key elements. And as Sean mentioned earlier, there's you know Pyramid Head, the the, the rabbit, you know uh, Eileen's head in the fourth. There's key elements that will stick with us long after. That will always remind us. You know, you will see a screenshot or a reference to some of those things in 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 the future, and we will always recall those moments. Having uh, you know, the last time that I played Silent Hill Origins was the day that we are recording this, and I am already struggling to think of something that I would remember fondly about this game in the future that this game did iconically well. Mm. And for something like Silent Hill, which has always thrived on that, it's something that, that it, it's a franchise I'm very fond of. Um, this just doesn't quite feel like it. It's Silent Hill by name only and not by experience. And for that reason, I don't think I would ever recommend it. Fair enough. All right, let's conclude with our new guest contributor, Nick. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm echoing a lot of what's already been said. Um, the whole problem to me is that it's really, it's all secondhand. Uh, the, the sort of the plot, the visual elements, themes... Even even a lot of the, the the different puzzle ideas, it's been seen. It's a it's a grab bag from Silent Hill One through to Silent Hill Three, um, and it's 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 a perfunctory game. It does these things reasonably enough, but it's it's not terrible. It's just undistinguished and derivative of superior superior installments in the series, which. Um, when you consider that, that, that each instalment has tried to some degree to uh, to try new ideas mm. and at least push the series forward in some way, it's it's just not really good enough. Um, but what I will say is that I mean I'm I'm glad that, that that Climax UK did it simply because that meant they got another shot uh, 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 making a Silent Hill game, which which I consider. Um, to be probably the most interesting of the post-team mm. silent outputs, which of course is shattered memories. Um, so, in summary, would I recommend it? Not unless you are trying to hoover up every single morsel of Silent Hill, silent hill lore. But I would, I would recommend that you take the OST, not play the game, and just listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, harsh but fair. Mm. Yeah, excellent stuff. 
so for this issue, it just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Carl, Sean, and Nick. Uh, you must have something that you would like to uh, tell our listeners about that you do or where we can find you type of thing. Oh, goodness me. Um, well, I mean, I'm on Twitter as uh, at Fine Excuses. Um, uh, up until up until recently, I, I ran a, a small indie dev house called Megadev. Uh, we've got a couple more releases, but unfortunately we're shutting up shop mm. after that. But megadev.co.uk, go and play a few games, see if you like any of them. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Brilliant stuff. Well, thanks for coming on at uh, such late notice. Um, oh, well, oh, thanks for the invitation. It's been it's been good. Yeah, we'll um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep you in mind for uh, future Silent Hills. Um, should there be a, another opportunity? No, thank you. Now, uh, next time in issue one hundred and sixty-eight, it is the penultimate of our four podcast series on uh, Wolfenstein, and it's Raven Software's turn with their two thousand and nine one. Uh, so until then. Here's some Yamaoka.